DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the intro song. You guys check them out on SoundCloud. This is episode 51 of High Times Presents Free Weed from Danny Danko. Produced by <laughs> Mike Hughes underscore. And this is episode 51. We're going to talk about the big uh, events in Colorado, in Denver. We're going to talk to a couple of people who were there. Our uh, editor here, Dan Sky, as well as Mason Tavert, uh, who helped make it happen. We're going to talk about the historic, historic uh, recreational sales that went down and are still going down in Colorado. And uh, we talk a lot of cultivation. In fact, we take the cult out of cultivation a little later on with uh, a few tips for things that you might be doing that you may need to rethink in the grow room. Plus, your questions answered. All of that and more on episode 51. We will be right back. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year! Yes. Welcome to the very first free weed of 2014. Yes, episode number 51, and we are in 2014, a big year for cannabis. Huge year. Yeah, this Marijuana. is going to be intense. It's already gotten off to a great start. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, listeners of Free Weed, I am in the presence of greatness right now. Uh, <laughs> since the year turned, uh, since we got into 2014, Danny Danko has made television appearance after television appearance. Yeah, we did some press there in the run-up uh, to the recreational legal pot in Colorado situation. And uh yeah, CNBC, uh, Wall Street Journal Online, a couple of other outlets reached out to and, us. And you did well. Uh, yeah, I think for the, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know. Because it's a, not easy. They, they put not, you just, you're in a room and suddenly bright, lights are on. And, bright lights. Yeah, and, and angry and, people are talking about grass and why yeah. it's addictive. Yeah, and down at the stock exchange, it's like tough just to even get in you know you have to really go through a lot of uh, security procedures and then they put makeup on your face and you know you're you're there and all the rings and bells and dings and dongs are going off and a lot of dongs going off for you (laughs) no no okay but it's like trading places you know Uh i mean oh the the buy sell yeah you know and you're just there in the middle of that trying are those old men there i like them no, it's old guys. Anyway, uh, what what we're talking about is, of course, everyone is going to remember, especially the people who were in Colorado, where they were on January first when people were first allowed to buy recreational pot from a store. It's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, huge, huge, and I think uh, we'll have huge repercussions throughout the year as uh, different states and different places pass these laws and and uh, things progress. I think uh, the dominoes are falling quite quickly. And, of course, right now, you're getting these reports, uh, first of all, really high prices. People saying they're paying upwards of $500 an ounce. Really long lines, which, of course, has led to a number of reports saying that the state of Colorado is going to run out of pot, which is insane. Yeah. 
We'll see. We'll see. I think uh, I think supply and demand uh, usually try to take care of each other, and uh, eventually, in my opinion, I think the prices will go down. And I think uh, you know, as more stores open uh, for business, which is going to happen in the next uh, several weeks to months, then you know, they're in competition with each other. The lines are smaller. And uh, the product is going to have to be good in order to justify those prices. But there's taxes involved. And never have I seen people so eager to pay taxes. It's pretty amazing. And I, yeah, think I know it, it drives you crazy when people complain about taxes or, or buying legal weed. Because, you yeah. know. Yeah, I mean, because people are in jail for it and people, right. so many crazy things have happened. And, you know, the truth of the matter is this bill allows anyone over 21 years old to grow six plants. So... If you don't want to pay the tax and you don't like the price, grow your own. And if you don't know how to grow, subscribe to this show and we will teach you. Yeah. Read High Times, get yourself a book, a video, listen to the show for free, Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully you'll learn at least, uh, you know, it's not that hard. It really isn't. Free weed is not as difficult as people might think. That's true. Also, I should mention the podcast awards, I think, were last week, and uh, somehow we were snubbed. Didn't work out for us. Yeah, maybe you know, next year. Yeah, we have a loyal loyal listenership, mm-hmm. but uh, few few accolades in the in the world of uh, of internet radio. They'll catch up anyway. Um, so Dan and I were in New York. While well, he's the go to guy for uh, for all the news outlets to get their sound bites, um, we we weren't in Colorado. So what we decided to do to start this episode off is talk to two people who were there. Uh, first, we're going to talk to High Times editorial director Dan Skye and get his perspective. And then we're going to talk to uh, Marijuana Policy Project director of communications, Mason Tavert. And he has the unique uh, perspective of being the, the person who really designed Amendment 64, which legalized pot in Colorado. So we're going to bring both of them on in just a moment. But some of the things that, that you and I were discussing just before the show, you know, I, I feel like Jaded is is not the right word, but if you are a Colorado win, Coloradan, is that it? Colorado? <laughs> I'm not sure. A person from the state of Colorado, and y- you've lived there a number of years. Well, okay, so they legalized it for medicinal use, right? And you could buy it in a store if you had your card, and pretty much anyone can get a card. Then the legalization initiative passed, so all of 2013, it was legal to just have recreational pot. So now, by the time this event rolls around. I feel like maybe it's not the biggest deal for people who live in that state. However, a lot of those lines were made up of people who don't live in that state, and for them, it was a momentous occasion. Oh, absolutely historic, and will go down in history as the beginning of the end of marijuana prohibition in the United States and the world, in my opinion, as prohibition for, you know, recreational use. And that's the end of it. I mean, it only can it can only grow from there. And those people from the out-of-state really could truly appreciate it because they were coming from states with much, much harsher penalties, some even with life in prison for marijuana. So uh, if you're you know, coming from Georgia or Alabama to Denver, which is not that hard to do, um, you know, Coloradans, it's not going to take them very long to figure out that the ancillary businesses, the hotels, the uh, tours, the uh, pastry shops – you know, everyone's going to do really well off of this, and other states will have to follow suit because, uh, you know, just like with casinos and stuff, the money's just flowing out of state, and uh, most people, most business-minded people, aren't going to tolerate that when it's something that's more than half the people want legal anyway. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what do you say we bring on uh, our own Dan Sky and get his take as he uh, flew to Pueblo, Colorado to buy Legal Pot on January 1st? Yeah, and with Tommy Chong, we'll hear all about it uh, in our chat with him. All right, so uh, to sort of enhance this conversation that Dan and I have been having, uh, we have Dan Sky, editorial director for High Times Magazine. Thank you for joining us, Dan. My pleasure. And uh, you were actually on the ground in Colorado on January 1st, right? That's right. I was actually the very, very first person to buy recreational marijuana in Colorado, and that's the truth. I was down at Pueblo, Colorado at Marisol Therapeutics. is a great dispenser down there. And uh, I stood by the cash register, and we got all our, our work done. And we, at 8 a.m., as soon as the clock turned 8 a.m., we punched it. And I have a receipt to prove it. I am the very, very first person to buy Were you, like, lined up outside of the shop? And, oh, there are people lined up from 2.30 in the morning. But I was invited. So, uh, you know, the poor guy named Dylan out there, you know, standing out in the cold all night long. But I jumped the line, and I was first. So, <laughs> Dylan, you were second. The privileges of High Times Magazine. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But it's well worth it. But uh, bought a, bought, a, bought a, uh, an eighth of, uh, a, or it was a quarter uh, one or the other of knee high. I smoked it all. It's gone now. What did that uh, <laughs> run you? Because we're getting these reports of outrageous prices. Well, that's the, that's the fact. It was a hundred dollars. That's how much it cost. And uh, depending on where you are, it can be as much as twenty four percent tax. So you buy a hundred dollars worth of pot. That's twenty. That's one hundred twenty four dollars you're you're spending. Yeah, the uh, the taxes are high, but none of the people in line, that was the weird thing, seemed to mind. They were just so pleased to buy this marijuana legally that uh, they were pleased to be a part of history. That was more important. Yeah, and prices will go down, I would imagine. You know, like I doubt that. <laughs> I think they will. I think there's and, too much and, money and, being made. I don't think any prices are going down. This no. is big business. This well, is we'll business. business. I, don't, I don't know why you would think that the prices go down. Why would you think that? I think more, more and more... Uh, Places are getting licenses, and as they open up, they're going to com- be in competition with each other. I so. don't think you realize how many people are going to Colorado to buy pot. There <laughs> wow. are. I don't think they can even take care of the demand. I think wow. they're going to have to import marijuana from California in the end. That's what I think. Wow. All right. Well, we'll see. It's interesting times. Well, that's, um, you are close with the people at, uh, at Marisol. What, mm-hmm. what are you hearing from them as far as supply and well, demand? Well, I, as- I kept asking them, I said, are you guys going to run out of inventory? And they said, no, I've been to their gardens and their greenhouses, and they are absolutely mammoth. And he and uh, Michael Stetler, who is the uh, owner of the place, he plans to buy uh, to uh, build four greenhouses, and he's already got a huge warehouse going. So, And he has the biggest legal outdoor garden in the state. So... Yeah, I've covered Marisol a few times in the magazine because what they're doing is so epic. But getting back to what you guys were just discussing, like say the prices stay high and people are paying upwards of 500 an ounce. Do do you feel like that's going to make people go force people back into the black market? Well, it's not up at $500 an ounce to begin with. I mean, the prices are really down around 200 an ounce. Um, You know, it's I I believe I bought a quarter for a hundred. It's hard hard to remember. What? So that would be four hundred. Yeah, ounce. that would be four hundred an ounce. But I think it was a little bit cheaper, three hundred, three fifty an ounce. Hmm. So I don't know if prices are going to jack up to four hundred, five hundred an ounce. I think that's a little bit outrageous. Maybe what Dan says is correct. Um, maybe they'll, maybe they'll stabilize. But I, I, you know, I don't think that they're going to go down. Hmm. I think that uh, there's uh, the tremendous overhead for these dispensaries. Growing this much weed is not a cheap proposition. Right. Right. That's true. Uh, you also had mentioned earlier to me that uh, pe- these people who were waiting in the cold for three hours, every time someone would come out of the dispensary with their uh, their package, they would get a big healthy yeah, it was, cheer. Yeah, was wild. I mean, they they it was uh, they'd turn around to the crowd to the line and say, "Look what I got!" and everybody would cheer for them. That happened over <laughs> and over and over throughout the day. 
But I was all over the state. I wasn't just in Marisol. I was there for the first hour, and then I went up to Breckenridge mm-hmm. uh, at the Breckenridge Cannabis Club, and uh, you know, a line out the door. Then I went down to Green Solution in Denver and Patients Choice in Denver. I got all over the place. So. And uh, you, you also were doing some traveling with Tommy Chong. Is that right? Yeah, Tommy came down to Pueblo to celebrate uh, this huge event. So uh, last Saturday, January 4th, he came down there. And I'll tell you, he's like a Major League Baseball star. That guy sits down and he can sign autographs for five, six hours and not stop. <laughs> I mean, it's just amazing. The, his popularity is as strong as ever. And, it's, and it grows, actually, too. He, yeah. Tommy is a real hero of the movement. He's and said. people bring out all kinds of interesting artifacts for him to sign, oh old Cheech and Chong records it, it and t-shirts. Just unbelievable. Cheech and Chong records. I mean, one guy came, came up with a, the, act, the Tommy Chong action hero. And, he, <laughs> and Tommy sat there got his picture taken with, I guess, every single person. So it was, and it was wow. like the line went on for hours. So, I mean, it's amazing. The guy's 73 years old and he is as strong a proponent and as big a stoner as all of us are. Yeah, yeah. You're listening to Free Weed from Danny Danko. This is Mike Hughes and we have High Times Editorial Director Dan Skye with us. Dan, uh, take us back to the festive atmosphere that you were just talking about. Um, Did you get a feel for uh, the people, whether they were in-state or traveled from out-of-state to buy this legal Well, I'll tell you, the first 10 people in line, I went down the line, I I asked everybody where they're from and the five of the first people were from out-of-state. from Kentucky and Arizona and Texas, I believe. There's some people, a lot of people from Kansas. That's only uh, 70 miles uh, from Pueblo, I believe. And, uh, you know, it, believe me, they were coming from all over. And that's why I say here it is at the dead of winter in January in Pueblo, which is not ski country. When it's vacation time, when Colorado is really, really cooking and people are just vacationing and coming, I don't know if they can handle the influx because it wasn't only January 1st there were lines. There were lines for the entire week I was in Colorado. I just <laughs> I just got back yesterday. So it has been an amazing uh, 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 phenomenon that's, that, that's, that's occurring there. The lines do not stop. And, and how much of it was people, <clears throat> excuse me, just uh, wanting to be a part of history? Did it feel like a part of history? Was- yeah, a lot of people said that. I asked people why they're here, and they said, you know, we, we want to be a part of history. Uh, you know, and, I, and the, what I kept saying to them, I said, so you waited this long to buy weed? I said, gee, that's <laughs> great. I mean, you know, what did you do all this time? You waited until it was legal. And a lot of the people, I, I also asked them, so you're just here just to try it in case you like it? Is that it? <laughs> so, you know, but I, I'm amazed. Uh, you know, I, where were all these po- people getting their pot before? That's what I wonder. I mean, hell, standing in line for two to three hours? I mean, I would go back to my dealer, frankly, guys. I mean, I, I'm spoiled. I'm from high times. But still, three hours standing in the line in the winter, in the snow, to get weed? Wow. I tell you, that's dedication. And what was it like inside? Were people being carded? Were, were IDs shown? Yeah, or? everybody carded to make sure they're 21 years old. And then you're in, and you're buying your weed. But the funny thing is, everybody's there behind the counter, and, there, and so many people haven't experienced this before. They don't know the difference between a sativa and indica. They don't know what they want to buy, and there are 40 strains on the shelves. So you can imagine the amount of window shopping that held up this line. That's, that's, <laughs> that's exactly why it was being held up, because people didn't know what the hell they were buying or what they they had no experience with this many strains. Wow. I mean, even here in New York, how many strains do we have uh, uh, available to us as if we're if we're going to the street to buy pot? Maybe right. two or three. And you want to you want to hear a description of every single one. If there's forty of them, you want to hear what each of them do and. Uh, uh, so, so that's why the line was uh, backed up, and every dispensary was experiencing that. 
Wow. Maybe pot sommelier is in your future, Danko, as a <laughs> career choice. All right. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us, Dan. Yes. Yeah, I, I just wonder why you didn't have me on the show before. I mean, you've had 50 shows. I'm the editorial director. I mean, I, don't, I have no, no <laughs> yeah, clue why Danko, I was what do you before, think? That's a fair question. It's the golden voice. I, I can't compete with that. Exactly. Exactly. Can't, uh, you can't you feel a little intimidated. I can see it over here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I got a voice and you got, well, it's not a voice. I don't know. Well, how about, how about this? Let's say it on, on record right now. Uh, okay. The next time Danko is out for an extended period, maybe you guest host for your week. As far as I'm concerned, he's been out for an extended period, all 50 shows. I, mean, these shows, I can't even listen to this stuff. I don't know well, how, why, really, Dan, you got to do a better job here. Otherwise, I can take over this show. People want to listen to me. They really okay. Mm. It's turning into a roast. It's a host off. Who's going to win? Well, um, uh, thanks for coming on and, and letting us know about this this part of history that you got to experience. It's pretty amazing uh, for us uh, from far away to sort of experience it and having it be in all the news and international news, CNN, MSNBC, and all that. So yes, well said. Uh, yes, it's a part, uh, I'm glad to be a part of history too. Uh, okay, Dan. Can Good show. <laughs> All right. Editorial director, Odd Times Magazine, Dan Skye. Thank you for joining us. Now, you know, I, I love having Dan on because if nothing else, he's going to bring the controversy. He's a, <laughs> he's a strong-willed person, and he's going to say what's on his mind, and I, I appreciate that. Um, for a slightly different personality... What do you say we bring on our old friend, Mason Tavert? Absolutely. And uh, just to run down his resume real quick, he founded Safer, a safer alternative for an enjoyable recreation way back when. He was a driving force behind Amendment 64 in Colorado, and he now works as Director of Communications for Marijuana Policy Project. I should also mention he was High Times Freedom Fighter of the Year in 2012. This is Mason Tavert. Yeah, and I want to say one thing about him as well. Uh, as much as people say that uh, comparing marijuana and alcohol is a bad thing to do, he has been very successful with that comparison basically by convincing uh, people who don't smoke pot but understand very simply that marijuana is safer than alcohol. So it's a safer alternative, and I think that's where he was most effective in how he was able to make uh, all of these things happen and be so successful is convincing the layman, you know, the soccer mom, uh, something they already sort of know in their hearts anyway. So without yeah, that's, further ado. That's a really good point, actually, because yeah. everyone has heard that comparison at this point. But he's the guy that really started that. He's the one that mm -hmm. made that a national thing with mm -hmm. the billboards and uh, ad campaigns. So, that, yeah, good point on yeah, that. Yeah, and it's hard, it's hard to discount the, the uh, impact that that's had. So uh, without further ado, uh, we will speak with Mason Tavert. Uh, greetings, Mason. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Cool, cool. So, yeah, we wanted to talk to you about some of these uh, some of these huge changes that have happened just in the past uh, week or so. Yeah, let's start off. Mason, where were you on January 1st? The campaign in support of Amendment 64 and its backers held a news conference at 3D Cannabis Center in Denver, uh, which was one of the most supportive businesses and business owners uh, throughout the work that's been done over the last several years to get to this point. And that's where the first, uh, the ceremonial first sale took place to a uh, veteran who suffers from PTSD who appeared in one of the campaign's TV ads uh, explaining why he needed the initiative to pass to get safe legal access to marijuana. Wow, that's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, we've been getting um, a lot of reports here in New York, uh, people saying that some of the prices are a little high uh, for the, the pot of as much as $500 an ounce. Uh, have you heard anything like that? 
have varied. Uh, the location I just mentioned was selling eight ounces for $35. Uh, when you add the tax in Denver, uh, the total state and local taxes add up to about 20%. People were basically paying uh, about 45 to $50 for an eighth. Uh, other businesses I've heard were selling uh, eighths for $47. When you add that up, it ends up coming out to about $55, uh, $60 if that. Uh, so it, it varied. Mostly people were pretty thrilled to be able to buy marijuana legally, mm -hmm. and overall costs will likely go down uh, as more businesses open. I mean, keep in mind, uh, only a fraction of businesses were open uh, compared to what are expected over the next several months in this year. So there's not a lot of competition right now. Businesses are still trying to get themselves established, cover the overhead costs that they've had to, to uh, take on mm -hmm. because of compliance with all the new rules and regulations. And uh, surely we'll see costs uh, probably right around, uh, you know, where they have been between 30, 40, 50 dollars an eighth, which is uh, better or equal to the underground market in most places. But, you know, ultimately, people are not going to want to call around and try to find uh, someone with illegal marijuana in order to save uh, a few dollars. Mm -hmm. They're going to stop at the store and buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And we, I mean, we heard report after report of people coming out, uh, you know, with their uh, bag that they purchased legally with their receipt and everything, and just ch people cheering in the line, you know, for every person that as they come out the door. Yeah, it was really an interesting occasion. I mean, obviously, this is history being made. Uh, a lot of people were here from out of state uh, mm -hmm. wanting to take part in this to be able to say that they bought marijuana legally on the first day it was ever allowed. I think that uh, the demand is going to slow down. And, you know, it's kind of like uh, when the new iPhone comes out, the uh, most diehard fans are going to be out there first and wait in line and make the purchase. And it'll slow down. And then over the course of, of the next several months, uh, other people will just be able to do it pretty simply. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, it's also, it's interesting because I'm sure as someone <clears throat> who lives in Colorado, you know, you, you've been there a while, you've experienced your first legal medical buy, you know, you, you've been through uh, pot being legalized earlier this year, and now this, I'm sure on some level, this isn't the mind-blowing experience that it probably is for people from out of state that live with uh, harsh drug laws in their, you know, in their hometown. I mean, people, you know, were in these lines talking about you know, being arrested in their past and wanting, you know, this being a very important day for them because they had uh, previously had to go through such a, a horrible uh, situation, whereas now they are just another adult engaging in legal behavior. And it was really important to them to uh, be able to be a part of that. Uh, of course, uh, a lot of people traveled here uh, because they just could not fathom this occurring in their <laughs> locality. There were some people uh, interviewed in the news that were from Georgia who really just, you know, don't get to hear about the issue a lot on a local on the local level and uh, had to see it for themselves. And hopefully we'll go back home and be able to talk to people about how much sense it makes and how smoothly things went. That's great. And uh, one of my favorite quotes I read in the media, which is... Uh, uh, you know, so many articles and so many uh, of the, the news programs uh, led with this all week long. Uh, but my one of my favorite quotes was you saying uh, basically that this isn't really the, the experiment. The experiment was prohibition and prohibition failed. So uh, 
but you know, being treated like a customer instead of a criminal it just makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You know, marijuana is objectively far less harmful than alcohol. We as a society recognize that adults should be allowed to use alcohol responsibly. There's nothing wrong with that. And really, there's nothing wrong with adults uh, making the safer choice to use marijuana if that's what they'd prefer. And All right. You're, uh, you're listening to Free Weed. This is Mike Hughes. That's Danny Danko. And we are talking with Mason Tavert. Uh, Director of Communications for Marijuana Policy Project and also the driving force behind Amendment 64 out in Colorado, as well as the High Times Freedom Fighter of the Year for 2012. Uh, you kind of covered this a little bit earlier, Mason, but we were also getting reports that uh, that that the entire state of Colorado was running out of pot. Is there any <laughs> truth to that? You know, we haven't really seen much of that yet. Uh, one store that I've heard of ran out for the last few hours of the day and uh, said that they would be back the next day with more. It was just a matter of being able to transport it from their cultivation facility over to their retail store. Uh, you know, that's that's not entirely unexpected. Uh, we see that all the time with all sorts of products. Uh, but ultimately, these businesses are by and large prepared. And any that uh, do run out are now able to apply to increase their production cap. There are different levels of of production that these businesses are able to uh, engage in. And once they demonstrate that there's a need for them to be able to produce more, uh, it's my understanding that it's a fairly simple process uh, to go through to get approval to start doing that. So really, you know, demand was far higher in this first week than it probably will ever be just because it's such a historic and momentous occasion. Uh, But, you know, it's a, it's a legal product now, and when the product sells out, it sells out, and there will surely be more to follow it. But as of now, we haven't really heard of too many significant issues with that. Mm, yeah, well, uh, from the size of the grow rooms that I've visited <laughs> out there, uh, that's going to be a tough tough thing to accomplish because, you know, they're going to replenish, and there's, uh, you know, perpetual ways to harvest um, so that they can basically keep up with that demand. And, and so um, we'll, we'll see the prices go down. Now, you mentioned that uh, more licenses were being given. Do you know the total of, of how many storefronts will be selling in the future? I think right now it's expected to be around 150 in the relatively near future. A lot of localities are kind of taking a wait-and-see approach. They've put moratoriums on new businesses. Uh, they're holding off to, to create their regulations, but we expect to see those uh, come come together in the, in the near future. So, you know, we have a, a few hundred legal medical marijuana businesses operating in Colorado. We'll probably sooner or later see the same situation with these retail businesses. And of course, many of them have chosen to be dual licensed and will provide both. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and of course, there's, there's, we're seeing ancillary businesses popping up, uh, tourist uh, sort of, uh, you know, things to facilitate tours of people visiting from out of town and things like that. Is that something you guys see as a, a growing business? of the population that does want to come here and experience uh, 
legal marijuana sales and, and is interested enough in making the trip just for that. Mm-hmm. But by and large, I think it'll just be something taken into consideration. Someone might be considering uh, a ski vacation and trying to decide between Montana, Utah, and Colorado and might appreciate <laughs> the fact that they could use marijuana in Colorado without fear of arrest. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. I mean, this is a, a state and in terms of Denver, a city where we have the Great American Beer Festival, the, the largest beer event in, in the country, and people come here from all over the world to take part in it. So it's, uh, it, it's not all that crazy when you look at the big picture, but it's certainly new, and it's going to be interesting. Nice. Well, what's the best advice you can give uh, to people who don't happen to be lucky enough to be in Colorado right now and are in other states that are looking at this and... Uh, you know, wanting to make some sort of change in their localities? You know, it's just really critical that we uh, address how people think about marijuana. Right now, far too many people still think marijuana is just too dangerous to allow. And once we get those people to understand that marijuana is not as dangerous as they were led to believe, it's actually far less harmful than alcohol, we're going to start seeing people change their opinions. And we're already seeing that. You know, majority of Americans think marijuana should be legal. Uh, Here in Colorado, we focused on that message of marijuana being less harmful for the last nine years, and it certainly has, has paid off. So I would just encourage people to, first and foremost, have the discussion, talk to their friends and family about the issue, but most importantly, make sure people understand that marijuana is not as harmful as they might think and that uh, for the same reason we allow adults to use alcohol, we should be allowing adults to use marijuana. That's good advice indeed. And uh, Mason, just to our last thing here, you know, you've been at the forefront of pot law reform in Denver for years, you know, dating back to your days with Safer, um, Safer Alternative for Enjoyable Recreation. This must be a very gratifying moment for you, seeing a lot of your very hard work come to fruition. But uh, how are you feeling right now? Are are you confident that that we've won in the state of Colorado, or are you nervous about the future of legal pot? Oh, I think things are moving forward very well, uh, barring any absolutely uh, earth-shaking uh, occurrence, things are going to continue moving forward and more and more states will adopt these laws. You know, if people are concerned that things aren't going well in Colorado, which that would be unfounded, things are going great, uh, we could always look to medical marijuana where California passed a medical marijuana law and a lot of people said it was chaotic and that no other states would ever pass laws because of the experience in California, yet we now have 20 states. Uh, more states are still passing these laws each year. Uh, they're improving upon these laws each year so we really don't have to to worry a whole lot but we we definitely can't let our guard down we need to keep moving uh, forward we need to keep educating people about marijuana and not letting the gains that we've made slip away all right well on that note uh, congratulations to you and all the other people who worked so hard um, in the face of a lot of opposition even from within our own ranks and and um, so congratulations and thank you And I will actually be out in Denver January 16th through 20th, um, and maybe we can get together and smoke some legal pot. (laughs) Uh, Please do be in touch. (laughs) Excellent. Thank you so much, uh, and thanks for coming on the show. Congratulations, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, it was great to have uh, Mason on. We we appreciate his time and his uh, perspective on all things legal pot in Colorado. Yes. 
Good contribution, Dan. All right. Well, congratulations to Colorado. We're very excited to uh, be there. You're going to be there uh, this month, right? Yeah, I'll be there from the 16th to the 20th uh, working on a story and uh, just, you know, checking out the situation. Yeah. It's a constantly evolving situation, but mm-hmm. uh, I'm most curious to see if they really do run out of pot in the state for at least a, a, some period of time. But that remains to be seen. Congratulations to them. If you are in Colorado and you don't want to wait online, perhaps you should consider growing your own. And if you do consider growing your own, you should consider a BC Northern Lights grow box. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these are the Rolls Royces of grow boxes. Uh, they roll around on caster wheels. They're made with solid uh, materials. They have top-notch, top-of-the-line, uh, you know, stuff. Stuff. Cool. Yeah, and they're built strong. They're built to survive several harvests. The BC Northern Lights grow boxes can be purchased at 888-236-1266 or at bcnorthernlights.com. And be sure to mention the Freeweed Podcast because you will get six months of free nutrients if you do that. And a lot of people balk at the prices of some of these things. But, hey, if you've got room on your credit card, uh, you know, max it out, buy one of these and pay the minimums for a couple of months and you will be able to afford the whole thing with your harvest. So uh, it's alternative financing, but I've seen it work time and time again. So check them out. If you're having problems, you can always contact them uh, at that same number. They follow up with customer service really well, and they've been doing it since 2001. So shout out to them. We will have uh, Taryn from BC Northern Lights actually on a future episode to tell us a bit more of what they've got going on because there's some interesting stuff that they're involved in for 2014 and beyond. Awesome. Yes. So check out BC Northern Lights. Tell them we sent you. Yes. All right. Well, what do you say we hop into cultivation right now? Let's do it. Excellent. All right. So uh, we don't have a strain of the Fortnite, but we do have a little bit of advice for you. Now, uh, newer growers, they sometimes hold on to these rules of growing, these like commandments of growing, and they don't deviate from this advice regardless of whether or not it's paying off. So what we decided to do was present five growing commandments and explain why these rules were made to be broken in a segment we're calling Take the Cult Out of Cultivation. What do you say, Dan? Sounds good. And you said newer growers in the intro, but uh, I know some older growers that uh, are also kind of stuck in, in their ways in some ways. Yeah, it's amazing. You learn these things, and then you just really don't think about them anymore, I guess. So uh, let's try and give some people some good advice. All let's right? do it. Number one, you must use organic newts to grow the best pot. Ah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, this is a tough one because I do love organic pot. Uh, but the truth is I've had great pot that was grown with chemical nutrients and it's won cannabis cups in the past. Um, things like the Lucas formula with general hydro or advanced nutrients, AB, uh, as long as it's well flushed, uh, I have seen great grade a cannabis grown with chemical nutrients. I know that sounds like sacrilege to some, but it's truth. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people in the industry that would agree as well, even some of the people who do the lab testing. So just remember, you know, particularly if you're growing, you know, hydroponically, it's very difficult to do that with organic nutrients. And organic nutrients, something no one really tells you about them is that uh, they definitely bring in more pests and 
uh, come with their own issues, including, you know, not being as stable, meaning that they will break down and uh, get moldy and things will happen to them over time in a reservoir that just won't happen with chemical nutrients. So um, while I prefer organic pot, I would say that you can grow great pot without using organic nutrients. Yeah, and again, not to put too fine a point on this, but we're not saying that there's anything wrong with organics. Of course not, right. and absolutely. And I support organic gr- farming and <laughs> growing of anything if you can, but I just know that some people prefer growing in rock wool, and while I don't agree with that, I'm still going to give them advice of how best to grow with rock wool, and I would say if you're growing in rock wool, you certainly probably, I mean, I've never seen organic nutrients working well in rock wool over and over again, so... And th- that it is one of those things, like the cult of organics, you know, it does get into people's heads that that's the only way to do it, and it's it's not true. Well, yeah, that's the, the, the truth of it. We could go a little deeper into why, you know, I prefer organics on the grand scheme of things, you know, globally thinking as well. But uh, the truth is, you know, if someone's going to grow a little pot and they have a hydroponic system, they might want to consider chemical nutrients and not write them off entirely based on just what they've heard about organics being better. Okay, moving on. Yes. You must flower your harvest with high-pressure sodium lights. Yeah, well, a lot of indoor growers just swear by the 1,000-watt high-pressure sodiums, and, and they do work, and they're great. But the truth is, if you can't afford two lights and you're using a metal halide for vegging, you can flower under the same metal halide. It's, you know, I know people are trying to duplicate the light from the fall and all of that, uh, but like I said, if you, if you, if the thing that's stopping you from growing is that you can't afford that second light, uh, just put that same 12-12 timer on your metal halide or on your fluorescence or on your LED, but you do not have to flower under high pressure sodiums. So, uh, I've seen gardens gr- flowered under metal halides with huge buds. And, uh, so that's one of those things you hear a lot and almost every flowering room I've, I go into is high pressure sodiums and no, I'm, I'm not poo-pooing that at all because they work great, but, uh, you don't have to use them for flowering and there are other options. So, uh, there you have it. You must use tinfoil or mylar for reflective surfaces. Yeah. You know, a lot of people think that uh, putting something shiny will improve uh, reflectivity, and I guess you know uh, it makes sense. But the truth is, flat white paint on on a wall is a better thing, just because it's not going to focus any kind of uh, light energy into one particular spot and burn anything. And uh, pests like tend to hide behind things like uh, mylar that are stuck to the wall. Uh, and then you could spray the whole room down thinking that, you know, you got rid of these pests and somehow they're just sitting behind that mylar waiting to come back out. Uh, and tinfoil I would never recommend. Tinfoil is just a really bad idea to line any kind of growing space at all, although I do, I do still see it occasionally. Uh, but yeah, even mylar, those sheets are really unnecessary and flat white paint is probably your best bet for uh, reflectivity and being able to sort of know what's behind, you know, at the, at the outskirts of your grow room without creating a place for, uh, bugs to hide. You must pop your seeds before planting them. Yeah, this is the whole like paper towel method that people use. I just, I feel like 
why not just put the seed into the medium that it's going to be planted in right off the bat and let it grow its roots without ever having to uh, acclimate itself to a, to a new medium. It, it just never made sense to me to do the whole paper wet paper towel thing or put the seeds into a glass of water and wait for this or that. Just put them into the medium, you know, keep the strong seedlings and get rid of any ones that didn't pop up and any ones that feel like uh, they're not going to compete and keep up with everything else. And, and I think, you know, that's that's my preferred method. I just put the seed into where it's going to be in, keep it nice and moist, put it under light, and within two days tops, you will see uh, the seedling popping out and the taproot will be pointed straight down and everything's already set in place. You don't have to mess around with tweezers and and, and all that and try to make sure the taproot's pointed down and the, you know, it's all just nature taking care of it, uh, of the situation the way it would in the wild. You must supplement your air with CO2 tanks or generators. <laughs> yeah, I don't agree with that as long as you're not using a closed room system. I mean, if it's a closed room and you're not bringing air in and out, you definitely need a generator or a CO2 tank. But if you're bringing plenty of fresh air into your space, particularly if it's a small space like a closet or a one light grow, you really don't have to supplement those with tanks or generators. And if you do want to do something like that, uh, there's there's cheaper options like uh, the CO2 boost style uh, mushroom kits that you can use. They last a full grow, 90 days, and they just sort of emit, using an organic process, they emit uh, CO2 as the uh, mushrooms sort of grow and, and eat their their medium. And those things work really well. They've, they'll raise the CO2 to, to a great level in your space without having to shell out for a big tank or a generator, which are expensive and add heat. And also, you know, going in and out of an apartment building with a big CO2 tank isn't always advisable anyway. So, you yeah, you certainly, as long as you bring in fresh air, or you can get one of these cheaper CO2 things. Do not need to have CO2 in a room unless it's, you know, a closed room with a lot of light and uh, big systems. All right, well, there you go. That was us taking the cult out of cultivation. <laughs> kind of changed cult leader voices halfway through. I, I didn't really think it out, but I think I got it at the end. I think yeah. that was the guy. Anyway, um, if you have other uh, advice for taking the cult out of cultivation, tweet us. Uh, it's at Danny Danko, at Mike Hughes underscore, or email us, freeweed at hightimes.com, and let us know what you think people should stop doing just because they're told to do it. All right. Uh, moving on, what do you say we go to my favorite part of this show? Grow questions answered by you on air. Let's do it. Let's do it indeed. All right. First one comes from Curious Bones. Congratulations on 50 episodes. Thank you. Um, I've never taken cuttings, and I've always grown directly from seed. How long does it take for a cutting to root, and how soon can you flower that newly rooted cutting? All right, that's a good question. I'm, I know we've probably covered it before, but basically a cutting in proper environment should root in about uh, five or six days to two weeks. So you know, between f a week and two weeks, you should have roots popping out, and uh, that's about how long it'll take. And that's under the proper conditions. That means that humidity and warmth uh, are abundant uh, in the 80th percentiles. Uh, 
80 degrees and 80%. And under, you know, decent fluorescent lighting, uh, kept moist and warm, that's how, that's when, how cuttings will root, and they'll root in about uh, a week to two weeks. And as far as flowering them, you as soon as they root and you put them into uh, a secondary medium from what they rooted in, you can start flowering them immediately if all they're if all you're doing is trying to use those cuttings to indicate to you uh, the sex of the uh, parent plant that you took the cutting from. So you can basically immediately start flowering the plant. It's not you're not going to wind up with a lot of pot, but it will tell you male or female, and it will give you an indication of what the bud from that mother plant or father plant, should it be male, will give you. All right, great. Uh, Hopefully that helps Curious Bones. And uh, moving on, Michael writes, Hey guys, what's your opinion on defoliation? Mike, what's your opinion? I I don't have (laughs) an opinion on that. I don't even know what that means, to be honest. Uh, I'm going to assume it means taking off leaves. Defoliation. So I guess that would make sense. Yeah, Yeah. That's kind um, of a fancy way of saying take (laughs) off your dead leaves, right? I definitely believe in taking (laughs) off any yellow leaves and any dead leaves for sure. And not just taking them off and dropping them off on the floor, but getting them out of your grow space, uh, whether that be through composting or, or other means. But I do believe uh, that you should leave fan leaves that are healthy on a plant uh, unless that fan leaf is so egregiously blocking something else that it needs to go. And that's a calculation you can make for yourself. Just consider that a healthy fan leaf is a... a uh, power plant basically taking it taking in light and building sugars that are are uh, part of your growth so every family every leaf you take off is going to affect your the growth of your plant um, huge plants outdoors if you're taking fan leaves off of them you're not going to uh, really stunt their growth but you know indoors uh, every fan leaf matters unless you have you know massive massive plants so uh, be judicious of which leaves you take off, but certainly take off any damaged leaves, any yellow leaves, uh, any brown leaves, burnt tips, any of that stuff. Just get rid of it because uh, it's it's a festering and a breeding ground for pests. All right. So uh, apparently we are both in favor of defoliating. So definitely do that. Michael. With extreme prejudice. Do it. Okay. Jamie writes, I have three indica and one sativa plants, almost one month old. But they only have four leaves. Is that okay? They're both very thin. Yeah, that's certainly not okay. A, a, a one-month-old plant should be much bigger than that. Uh, clearly, it's either not getting enough light or uh, being overwatered or, or just not getting something. There's, uh, I would say it's light because if it doesn't suffer, it doesn't look like it's suffering from over- or underwatering. It's just really, really slow growth. That's a uh, lack of light. All right. Thank you, Jamie. And uh, let's move on to Justin. Is there Are there uh, certain times during a plant's life where it wants to be fed more nutrients, or should you always feed about half of what the label says? Uh, there are certainly times that uh, plants want more nutrients. I would put that between basically the second and the fifth or sixth week of flowering, depending on the plants. That's when you're really giving a plant a lot of the uh, blooming sort of nutrients that it needs. That's when you'd be adding uh, bat guanos and things like additives. Uh, Basically, after about the second or third week of flowering, right into the fifth or sixth week is when the plant needs the most. Now, during vegging, once a plant has sort of 
you know, uh, used up whatever nutrients are in the mix that you already have them in, uh, at that point, you are going to want to add a high nitrogen nutrient. And if you, you know, if you want a nice, healthy plant going into the flowering period, uh, you're going to give it a good amount of nutrient at that time as well. So basically, like mid vegging and mid flowering are the times when plants need a little more of a boost of nutrient. All right. So thank you for that, Justin. And let's go to Twitter for our next question. Um, at Oganja tweets, writes, my question is, will it hurt the growth of my vegging plants to run light 24 hours a day instead of 18-6? Uh, that's a good question. I don't really believe in the 24-hour veg only because I do believe plants need a resting period of some sort, even in the vegetative period. But if you want to make it a two-hour rest period, you can go 22-2 or 20 and 4. I would just give them at least a couple of hours of the 24-hour day to rest in the dark because that's when growth actually takes place. Plant stores up energy during the time when the lights are on and then actually expends that energy at the time when the lights are off. So I don't, I don't believe in the 24-hour uh, vegging light cycle um, so that's where I stand on that. It's not going to hurt your plants, but I think it will hurt the general outcome and, and it'll be a smaller harvest ultimately if you don't give your plants that couple hours rest at least per 24-hour period in, during the vegging time. All right. So thank you, Oganja Tweets. And uh, final question, Michael A. writes, where can I buy exotic seeds? Keep in mind I live in Florida. All right. Well, uh, there are a number of online distributors who sell seeds, and they're out of Spain, they're out of the UK, some are out of Holland, they're, off, they're from all over. Uh, the ones you can trust are the ones that have been around for a while. Uh, one of them, as a nice little segue, is Gorilla Seed Bank out of the UK. They are at gorilla, G-O-R-I-L-L-A dash cannabis dash seeds dot co dot UK. Um, they have a phone number on there too. You get free seeds with every order that you make with these guys. It's 100% discreet. They have worldwide delivery, meaning they'll ship anywhere, and that's free shipping. Anything over 80 British pounds is shipped for free. Uh, they're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. If you do check them out, always let them know that you heard about them for, through Free Weed. Uh, that always helps us, and you'll get all kinds of deals from them where they'll pop extra seeds into your order because you mentioned the show. So between Gorilla Cannabis Seeds and our uh, other sponsor, BC Northern Lights, there's no reason why you can't uh, grow your own if you'd like or have a friend grow, grow it for you as a caregiver if you are unable to do so yourself. But as far as exotic seeds, I mean, these guys have every, you know, almost every seed company I can think of. Many of them are in our Seed Bank Hall of Fame, so you know you're, get, you're getting the right deal. And they'll, um, they'll ship to Florida as well. Yeah, well, well, there you worldwide go. shipping. So check them out, Gorilla Seed Bank, G-O-R-I-L-L-A. I always think of Gorilla Gardening, which is G-U-E-R-R-R-R-R. Yeah, G-U-E-R-R-R-R-R-R. Right, and these guys can give you seeds for that as well, but it's spelled differently. It's like the animal and not like the... The against the revolutionary. Yeah. Right. 
All right. Well, thank you, Michael A. Uh, definitely check out our sponsor, Gorilla Seeds, but there are other options out there. I should also mention is that some people don't have the internet or may not want to go on the Gorilla Seed Bank uh, website. Mm. I want to read off their number. Uh, plus four four seven eight one six three two nine eight three three. That's their international uh, phone number. You can give them a call. And uh, if you don't have internet or you're listening to this on a tape deck or wherever it might be, that's their phone number. All right. Well, well, thank you, Michael A., for the question. Also, good luck growing in Florida. It doesn't sound like an ideal situation, but yeah, make the best be of it. Careful be careful because you're in a zero-tolerance state. Uh, you should consider moving to Colorado and growing legally your six plants, uh, as anyone over 21 can do now, mm, which was exciting. not made in much of an emphasis of during all this news coverage. I think what's one of the things that sort of fell by the wayside, we were looking at all these lines of people buying, but the truth is any one of those people could be growing their own plants in just a few months. And six plants is nothing, I mean, it's not a, a huge, huge garden, but you can certainly never pay for pot again if you're uh, smart about growing your six plants. Indeed. All right, so that does it for our cultivation segment. If you have a question you would like Dan to answer on the show, uh, email us, freeweed at hightimes.com. You can also get us on Twitter, at Danny Danko, at MyQs underscore, hashtag freeweed. What do you say we take a little break, come back and put a bow on it? Let's do it. All right. Episode 51 is almost complete. What do we do? Coming to an end. What do we do to put a a, a bow on it? Well, we we wrap it up with raw. We wrap it up with raw. And we invite all of our listeners to do so as well. Yes. Yes, this is the time. Actually, the beginning of the show, too, and in the middle. (laughs) Right. There's never a bad time to wrap it up with raw. Absolutely. Yeah. We just do it as a reward at the end of the show. Right. Yeah. And this is episode 51. 51? Yes. First of 2014. It's looking like a very good year. A big year. Off to a good start. Yeah. Congrats to Colorado. Congrats to Uruguay and uh, Washington State. Let's not forget uh, all the other states that are going to pass things. Even New York. Even Cuomo. Cuomo. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's the strictest law I've ever heard of hospitals yeah. as dispensaries and this and that but that, that'll that change it's a step in the right direction there are changes a brewing in new york yeah you know uh, cuomo and then de blasio is the mayor of new york yep. city there's good there's good stuff on the horizon i think so possibly hopefully yeah so yeah. Uh, we we want to wish our best to everybody out in colorado that that sounds like it's a lot of fun i know you're heading out shortly yes to that indeed state. and uh yeah thank you to mason tavert thank you to dan sky thank you to our sponsors gorilla seed bank and bc northern lights thank you to you guys the listeners the people who retweet our tweets and and like our posts and and share this with friends because that's really u- the ultimate goal free weed for everybody episode 51 i think that's a wrap happy Uh, new year yes go are we doing this npr style happy new year everybody happy new year everybody we're talking free weed today going pot i can do shitty walking row room is so polluted <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, happy New Year! Wait. Welcome to the very first no, no, no. free. What? Let's do this. Let's fucking start the show. Happy New Year, everybody.